Hello, I'm Ricky. And I'm Joe, and this is Season 6, Episode 12 of the Beer and Broadband Podcast, slated to come out on September 25th, 2023. And today we're going to be doing, for our brew, an Orange Blossom Boucher that I did. I'm not going to tell Ricky how I made this yet, because I haven't actually revealed that to him. I bottled it on May 28th, 2023, and it's 15% ABV. So... What you got going on there, buddy? Okay, you warned me I might not like this one. Yeah. right. That's a bit rough. Why, why don't you like it? Um, the citrus from the orange sticks around because of the part of the honey that's not fermentable. Mm-hmm. And that does not mesh well at all with any of the other flavors. Is it that bitter flavor that you're getting? It's not the, it's, well, it's the sour on top of the bitter. Okay. It makes it taste a little bit like cough medicine. That is not the citrus from the orange. Really? Okay. I had a, um, thing of like liquid oak it's like Mm -hmm. a a a fake oak that you can put into something i thought hey this would be cool this tastes awesome let's try to oak it i'm gonna try it with this to see how it tastes Mm -hmm. five gallons ruined don't ever use that i mean i've been drinking it and it's gotten better over time but the Mm -hmm. first time i drank it i was like "Ooh, that was a mistake okay so yeah that's where that sour comes from from. yep now if you think about this and you sweeten it just a little bit because this is a dry one again you know Mm -hmm. like i always make them dry if you think about this and you sweeten it a little bit it does become a little bit more palatable palatable at that point in time yeah i could see that if it was a little bit sweeter would cover some of that sourness up it it, it takes some of the sourness away but you still get all of that like pungent smoke it makes it almost become like a scotch like a heavily peated scotch yeah i was gonna say uh as much as the other flavors to that are not great the actual oak flavor is very pleasant. Yes, like, it is. It did a good job of putting the oak in there. It just the riders on top of it <laughs> are not appreciated. And I, you know, probably if I'd have put half of it in there, it would have been great. But this is like the it's the same thing as that um, Boucher that I made with the um, the like Etsy bought. Um, buckwheat honey that had all the mm. sediment in it and it yeah. just was so it wasn't gross it wasn't bad it just it had like a kind of tanginess to it that wasn't mm-hmm. i didn't like it as much as as the other bouches i've made okay. this one has gone to that point it's still not undrinkable but like if i had a scale of like one to ten mm-hmm. i'd say this is a solid four or five yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i can see that it, so it don't it, do that yeah it's hit that <laughs> point i would not drink it straight but I could still see applications for it in something like a cocktail or something like that. Or like cooking stuff in it. It actually goes pretty well. Like if you like make it like make a steak in it or something like that or make some fish with it, it's, it's pretty okay. Yeah. I could definitely see the fish, especially like seafood. Yeah. Like some shrimp or something like yep. that. Because they would handle that kind of – because they're also like naturally a little sweet. Yeah. So they'd handle that uh, that flavor a bit better. Yeah, so I'm not even gonna like go down the road of let's let's talk about how this was made and everything like that. Mm-hmm. I I that was that was also the reason when I was like, well, I've got this one and I've saved it for the podcast, but I don't know that you're gonna like it. Do you want to try one of these other beers? <laughs> well, I'm I'm glad I tried it. Yeah, like it's a very valuable experiment. We've now learned something about <laughs> using the kind of liquid oak stuff. But um, I feel like I pranked it, you. <laughs> well, it, it's a little I'm a little on edge about it because or I guess I shouldn't say I'm on edge, but I'm like on the. I'm on the fence about it because, on one hand, those extra flavors are not very good, but it is oaked almost perfectly. Yeah. Like the oak flavor is incredible. Right. 
Um, before I hit the other flavors, I was like, oh, this is low-key. I kind of like this. I was like, oh, I don't know about the... Uh, well, so it, I'm not telling you you need to taste, take another sip. What I am saying is if you did take another sip and you let it settle on your tongue for a little bit mm-hmm. and let those kind of like oaky flavors go away, you'll still mm-hmm. get the sourness there. But the Beauchet comes through and it actually is kind of like, it's like, it's like, this is what it could have been, but it's not. <laughs> you know, like it, it like goes up like a little, little mini roller coaster and then lets you back down. Yeah, no, I can see that. Yeah. You know, having just done the thing you described, you know, the oakiness is still there. It coats your tongue really well. Um, you do lose a lot of the bitterness. You just keep the sour. And the sour is just a little bit too much. Right. Because, like, oak can go great with so many things, but just sour is not one of them. Nope. It's like, like, oaking feels like eating a piece of wood in the best way. Mm-hmm. So this just feels like biting into a log that's, like, going bad. Yeah. It's like, it's like dissolving in your mouth. Like, no, no, that wasn't good. Well, and see, here's the thing. I could have just dropped two or three of the spirals that I put in things normally mm-hmm. to oak them, and it would have been just fine. Well, I think this is a great proof of concept that oaking a boche is a good idea. Yes. Because that oak is perfect. So I definitely recommend some spirals next time. I'm definitely going to oak a boche. The, the orange blossom boche oaked, going to happen. The orange blossom boche with liquid oak, never going to happen again yeah don't do that 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 might turn me (laughs) off of liquid smoke for almost anything that is not like a very dark beer okay so it's not liquid smoke this is literally yeah liquid this was like i don't think there's anything that i'd put this in ever like i I can't imagine it would have to be i can't i just can't think of an application that i'd want those flavors in i could see it in a really dark beer that doesn't have like any like like it's not a milk stout or something just like a standard Mm. real dark stout that had something that was complementary to the sour like a lot of those funky beers you know i can see that fitting in with i got you okay i'm uh, yeah like a sour like a like a a, a, like a sour uh, what is that well, a thing a sour stout or something no they, but there is um there are like some they're not stouts they're lagers but they are um or they're like farmhouse beers, mm-hmm. and I'm just blanking on it on, in the moment. Uh, but basically, they have like a little bit of a sour funkiness uh, okay. from Brettomyces, and that can, you know, this might go well with something like that, like as a kind of extra flavor. Yeah. But that is the only way I would see it, and I'm not sure I'd like that. I don't love those types of beers anyways. Mm-hmm. So um, let's talk about upgrading the Steam Deck's SSD. Have okay. you done have you done any physical mods to the Steam Deck you and your wife have? Not yet. I have the parts, but she won't let me do it. Like she's, <laughs> she's always playing on it, or she's in the middle of something. She doesn't want to take the time to transfer stuff. Okay, so let me tell you how much time it took for me to transfer a completely full um, SSD and why I wouldn't spend the time doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> well, no, why I would spend the time doing it, but how I messed it up. Okay. So I've heavily software modded all the games and stuff mm-hmm. like that on my Steam Deck. And I had like uh, Vortex installed and had mods installed for Skyrim, which they're still there. Um, you know, had all that stuff. But I had all these things, you know, set up and downloaded and done. And um, then I just opened up the Steam Deck. took me about five minutes. To, took the back off. Mm. It's really easy to get into pop the um you know ssd out put it into an enclosed well no first 
I what I did. Sorry, I got to back up a little bit. I went into desktop mode. Yeah. Put it on the monitor, keyboard, plugged in the new drive that I wanted to put in. Used a DD command in the terminal, and mm -hmm. it just moved everything moved over. Everything over. Perfect one-to-one -one copy. I still have my old Steam Deck hard drive, so or uh, SSD. So if mm -hmm. I want to uh, do that again, like if I wanted to like set everything back up the way I had it before, could perfectly do that, no okay. problem. Um, took me about two hours for everything to set up. So like I started in the morning. By the time lunch came around, opened up the Steam Deck, popped out the SSD, put in the new one, you know, did all the stuff, uh, and then turned it back on. And it just was like it, no, no big deal. It's okay. like it just did the thing. Two terabytes for what was it like a hundred and fifty, hundred and sixty dollars at the time when I told mm. you about the um, SSD. Not a problem. I have a huge. I have now have three terabytes of space on my Steam Deck on my handheld gaming yeah. device. I have three terabytes of space, and I mean, what the total cost of the Steam, the five twelve Steam Deck plus that. So that's less than a thousand dollars that I spent mm -hmm. on everything, everything that I wanted. And it, the only other mod that I might do that would be a hard hardware mod because I won't. I'm, I'm not going to replace the case, the shell. I, I mm -hmm. do not care anything about it. Um, but the only other mod I might do is cha changing out the joysticks. Okay. The, the, they're really easy to do. You can get gully kit joysticks that are just drop-in replacements. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's so easy to take the back off and everything. You know, I mean. It was like two and a half hours worth of work, and I was up and running. Now, <laughs> what I did that made me reformat my Steam Deck, mm -hmm. and what I wouldn't do again is I accidentally hit a thing that mirrored the screen but made the screen vertical, and I oh, could okay. not get out of that position. I never yeah. could get it to go to the other screen that I had plugged into it again, and I never could get out of the... Like it went from being landscape to vertical, and so it was just had bars on the side mm -hmm. and a little strip down the middle, and I couldn't navigate anything in there. Oh yeah, yeah, that's odd. Yeah, it was messed up. It, I'm I, trying to think what causes that. I I hit a. It, it was me that caused. Okay. It. You just thought, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, you hit, I hit a set. Yeah, I, no, I hit a setting oh, when it. Okay. So sometimes when you've got the Steam Deck plugged into a monitor, the way it's the the Linux version that it uses um, is set up. It will give you the options to mirror the screen and stuff like that, and it comes on these things where it's you know all on the the screen, right? Mm -hmm. And I abs accidentally clicked the wrong one, just like a misclick, and it caused it to rotate, and then everything went downhill from there. I gotcha. I was so sad. Yeah, you're right. Once you've gotten that view, you can't do anything with. Yeah, and it's a safe <laughs> setting. So I want to know. We'll probably revisit this. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, if you can get the Steam Deck, Alice doesn't have to even quit playing it just as long as she plays it docked. If you can get her to let you just, you know, DD the thing, it's like a twenty-minute mod. Yeah. To to change it out, it is literally not like even a, a big. Yeah, thing. we might try that because whatever it's called, like Liza P is coming out soon, and if you're listening to this, I think it already has come out. But she, uh, we've, since we've had the Game Pass now, she gets that on Game Pass. So I know oh, she'll yeah. be playing some PC games for a while, so that might be give her the chance. Can, to, can you install the Game Pass games on the Steam Deck? I thought that you could only do the streaming. We, we've seen some in some instructions that you could do it like that, but more I meant like she's going to be playing it on the computer. So like her oh, Steam okay. Deck would be free, so I'd, I'd uh, finally I gotcha. have it available to me for the time to do what I need to do. Okay, okay, that'd be fine. 
uh, yeah, you should you should do it. And if you need some help, I mean, you know, like oh, I've, yeah, I've screwed everything up enough that I know how to do it pretty quick. <laughs> well, there's no one better to ask how to do something than someone who's already done it and also run into issues. With yes, that. absolutely. Because someone who did it and like everything went perfect, if you run into problems, there's no help at all to you. Right. But like knowing that you ran into problems and had to reformat and set it all back up, you know. You know what to watch out for. Yeah, and it wasn't that bad. I just I just made a mistake. It, it wasn't even like the transfer process that called yep, the, it caused the issue. Afterwards. It was me pressing a button, essentially. All right, let's talk about ChatGPT. Mm-hmm. So ChatGPT's use um, dropped by about 10% last month, and it's dropped by another like 3% this month. Yeah. Do you think, based off of the trend that people are using – uh, LLMs, except for like developers who use th- something like Copilot, mm-hmm. but in general, LLM usage is going down. That that's kind of like that fad has hit the cryptocurrency curve that like NFTs and everything did, and it's just going away at this point. What do you think's going on there? That's a little hard to answer. I, I mean, I do think it is going to become less popular over time, but I don't think that's a problem for them. I think. Chat GTP especially made such a huge, like national news coverage type deal. Everybody knew about it. Everyone wanted to try it out. Um, in fact, the fact that it's only dropped by like ten percent is actually even a little surprising to me. I assumed that number was going to be larger. Mm. I think the people who are going to use it are going to continue to use it, and I think you know a lot of what we're seeing people disconnect from it are people who just don't have as much a need for it. Because I'm assuming with just the way that reporting your corporate numbers works, someone using it in a quarter is even just logging in and doing one thing. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's not like, oh, well, if you ask less than 10 questions, it doesn't count. No, if you interface at all, it counts. <laughs> and um, sure, I mean, I went in ChatGPT. I, what would have been the quarter before last, did that whole, like, um, I think it would have been two quarters before, yeah. So I guess three quarters ago, I would have done the help me make the Thanksgiving dinner that we kind of talked about that yeah. went over really well. But then I didn't touch it at all. So I was yeah. part of that, you know, went down 10%. Then I played around with a little bit more. We were talking about, like, having maybe a DM for a D&D campaign, which I was very impressed with that. I don't think we ever got to talk about it on a um, Yeah, we haven't podcast. talked about it on the podcast yet. But its ability to try and run, even as a pure intrigue campaign that's no combat, was pretty good. Uh, I had a couple of faults, but nothing crazy. Um, so, I mean, I guess, yeah, I was back for that quarter, not using it right now. Yeah. Probably be gone for this quarter. <laughs> so I don't think that's an issue because people like me are going to come and go who are just going to kind of lightly use it. But the people who have integrated it into their workflows or like, I, this is just a part of like what I do every mm-hmm. day. I use it like a personal assistant or something like that. Those people are going to stick around and those are really your actual market where like new features are going to matter. If you decide to monetize the platform, the monetization is yep. going to matter. You know, things like that. Which so. they're already monetizing the platform, so, you know. Yeah, I know they are for corporate entities. I don't think they're doing it for free. No, they're doing yeah. it for – you can do it for people, too. Oh, really? Yeah. So like? they um, there's a subscription model they have. I think it's like $10 or $20 a month. Mm-hmm. And you can use it with the um, the new features that they're rolling out, so you get access to those oh, first. Oh, okay, just gets up yeah. early. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and there may be a couple other perks, like you get the newer version of GPT or something like that. Gotcha. Um, then, yeah. I mean, if your overall user base is slowly declining, but your part of your user base that's paying for it is not declining, I don't think that's an issue. 
if they're declining, the, the people that are actually paying for it are also in decline. That's more concerning because mm-hmm. you're losing your core base. But I think, uh, you know, I think ChatGPT especially had a whole lot to lose in terms of number of users per quarter because it was on CNN and Fox yep. News and everywhere and everybody was trying. Right. So, you know, for a while there, your numbers are huge. You know, it's kind of like a fidget spinner, right? <laughs> so, like, but fidget, fidget spinners went away. No one really, most people don't care about those anymore. Right. But ChatGPT is something you can charge for monthly when you're talking about a business model. As long as those core people are sticking around, they're not in any worse shape. I think, I think that's probably accurate. Um, I think that is probably also only looking at one aspect of what they're doing with that Mm -hmm. and i think that that's because they're talking about you know like the usage of like the apps and things like that yeah probably you know the way that things are going with their uh stuff i think really where average people are going to interact with these things mostly are going to be things like search engines and stuff like that Mm -hmm. i mean like for using it for workflows most of the people and i think the corporate numbers were the ones that were down most of the people are finding that they have to correct it too much. Yeah. Um, so I think that also is a problem overall uh, with the, you know these LLMs. They're, I mean, they're great. Um, when I was at Cisco Live, I saw a ton of them uh, being used to do all sorts of interesting things. But the accuracy problem with ChatGPT really hampered it from being like a large presence there yeah because corporate entities really want accuracy with whatever it is that they're oh using absolutely these for. yeah and frankly chat gpt has been getting less accurate as time goes on right because of how many people mess with it well there fact, is, I just wonder, they also nerfed it some well they did yeah but that that was also then society you know came in and said you got to put certain things in yep. there um it did just make me have the idea i wonder how wrong i could get chat gpt to do math that still looks like it's right. Mm. You know? Like, that would be interesting. Could I convince it that, like, 9 plus 9 equals 17 and mm-hmm. not 18? And then make it carry that forward. That just going forward, like... So, like, yeah, but it was, like, 19 times 5. Well, that would be off by a couple numbers. And then, yep. well, what's really 190 plus 190, if not... 10 19s plus yep. 10 19s <laughs> you know and like how 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 embedded can i get it by doing it giving it targeted responses that it gives me something that's kind of close but it's wrong because of something like that right right because i think that's the core issue i think a lot of people with accuracy run into is it's not like it spits out something that's just so wholly awfully wrong you have to keep asking it again and again is that it gives you something that's almost right. Right. It's so and close to right that if you don't check it. Exactly. Yeah. That's where all the real work is. Like if it, right. if it gave me something that didn't make sense, you say, hey, try that again. And it would give a second attempt and hopefully be right that second time. But when it's like, hey, go multiply all these numbers for me. I'm doing a quick little bit of accounting. Or, you know, oh, hey, help me come up to a decision about something. And it's just a little bit off. You won't catch that. But you'll get yeah. in trouble when it's wrong. You know? I, I agree with you there. I, I mean, I think I don't think that it's going away, but I do think the fad of it has died. Yeah, I yeah. think that's true. I don't, people don't really talk to me about like AI and stuff except other people who are like in the industry. Yep. Um, who care about it, or people who are out of the industry and are more worried about like what's it going to mean long term. Right. You know, like trends of markets and stuff like that. Yeah, I one hundred percent agree with that. Um, 
Yeah. I mean, as far as the topic goes, that's exactly what I was hitting on. Like Mm -hmm. the trend of like, you know, chat GPT, chat GPT, your life, you know, use it for everything. It's going to revolutionize everything. Get rid of your employees, you know, all that other stuff. Right. Yeah. I don't think that that's, I mean, there's still companies out there that are going to try to do that because some executive was like, chat GPT will like, you know, save us a bunch of money or whatever. You know, I don't know why the executive became like some sort of Gomer pile, but you know, like, that's all right. I was, I was watching from a, like a world trade forum of a CEO who was talking about unemployment. Oh yes. Oh man. You're going to make me mad now. I was, I get so mad every time I think about this. (laughs) Yeah, it made a couple of rounds on the internet as the guy was being like, employees need to remember they work for us, not the other way around. We need employment to go up so that we can remind the workers they should be thankful that we allow yeah. them to work for us. And I know what you meant because you said employment, but I know you meant unemployment because that's what he says. Well, he was talking about employment overall. Right. Like that, that little snippet that made around the internet was specifically about unemployment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he was talking about employment overall, but we need unemployment to go up is what, yeah. is what he said, I believe, an exact quote. Yeah, he wanted. It, he said it needs to go up like thirty or fifty percent. Yeah, and to, just to show him who's boss. Yeah, there needs to be pain in the economy. I think was the exact quote. Yeah, so it. I will. I will say this right now. Um, if you're if you're an employer and you don't realize that the end that you're just a guard in an asylum, and the inmates just haven't realized that they actually outnumber you yet, you probably are a little delusional. Yeah, I mean, I think really especially as i get older i kind of start realizing that the people who make tons of money in businesses like the ceos and the you know even like actors and stuff like that people that the the people that we look up to that are like huge huge millionaires right like not john who opened a plumbing company and made five million right like you know leonardo who said okay i now own an 800 million dollar company right to get that kind of money you you just have to be okay with unethical things. Yes, absolutely. And it's it's that's a hard stance to take. I'm happy to meet a very nice that's actually kind and didn't hurt anyone yep. billionaire. But quite frankly, it's just hard to find any, period. Like even people that people, you know, look to, like Bill Gates, who like does now spend a lot of his money on good causes. Yeah. I mean, he made that money being one of the most aggressive businessmen in tech. He did, and yeah. also one of the most unethical people with, you know, like forcing people to use his operating system. Yeah, I mean, his yeah. policies weren't great. He bankrupt tons of companies to yep. the point the government was pretty much going to shut him down. Yep. He had to go save my, uh, go save Apple. Yeah, you know, his only way of not getting his company split up was to help a competitor be better, so right. they could actually still be called a competitor. I don't know that. I don't know that that's all 100% just why he made that decision because around that time he was having some, like, you know, hearing the man talk, there was some mm-hmm. there was some thoughts going on in his head. Uh, but, I mean, clearly that did have a huge effect. Yeah, on I mean, he gave a personal loan yeah. to Apple, like not even the company. Like he, Bill Gates, yeah. gave Steve Jobs something like, uh, it was like a couple hundred thousand, yeah. like a, million, a couple million. Yeah, I, th- I think it was a couple million, yeah, yeah. To, to bail him out. I, I, and I think he... Forgave some of that debt too. Yeah, I'm yeah. not actually sure any of it got paid back because that, that's what they used to help launch the iPod. Yep, that's right. Uh, so, you know, not talk that completely off topic, but a great topic. We might return to that later. Um, just you know, the the it is very sad that human beings do that to one another. And yeah. 
I hope that if I ever get in a place or you ever get in a place that we will hold each other accountable enough that if you had billions of dollars, you know, I would have the ability to come to you and be like, Ricky, you're being one of those billionaires. You're being yeah. one of those terrible well, people. <laughs> yeah, that's my thing. I mean, in all honesty, and it's, it's becoming a pretty ingrained belief because I keep trying to look for exceptions. But apart from, like, obvious exceptions, some, like, random person wins the lottery. Yeah. You know, makes some bet that just goes huge. You know, like, occasionally you see, like, regular people just really win on the stock market and stuff like that, which that makes sense. But, like, if you're, quote, unquote, I worked for my $10 billion, and it's like part of some business venture or something like that. I can almost guarantee that person has been okay with some very unethical things. Yeah. And honestly, personally, you know, I'm not saying these people individually are awful, but it's like all that stuff we said over in China. You see the conditions of people in China. They've yeah. got literal slave camps. Yep. Of people they've imprisoned that they make do the work for them. You know, stuff like that. And it's like that's unethical. Right. You, you, the person I'm looking at, did not go force those people to work. But you took your business to people that you knew would do those things. Right. You know, like there was a big, in like electronic vehicles, the whatever it is, the beryllium or whatever yep. it is, that they have to get for the batteries and all that. Um, there was a mine that's super heavily invested in that's like publicly touted as a, this is an ethical mine. There's no people here. It's all machines. Or I think they said there's like a couple people yep. that like run the machines, but they're all paid very well. And then a reporter snuck in, and it's you can't see the mine for the people. Right. There's just thousands of people in piles just, like, sorting through dirt and, like, things like Finding that. Finding the beryllium that the machines couldn't find. Well, I mean, I'm not even sure there's any machines there apart from hand-covered. It's just a lie. Oh, I, I didn't realize it's that. It's marketing. No, yeah. no, literally. Like, it looks into the mine, and it's you can't see the ground for the people. God, that's so – that is – that just makes me sick, man. Yeah, and that's, that's like – not good we're being sold this is the ethical product and there's no way the big investors don't know right because big investors have so much at stake they normally go and actually inspect the mines themselves yes absolutely so they know it's happening but they're just happy with the public delusion that that electric car is so much better for the environment so much better for people and we need to charge you extra because we're using the expensive ethical options yes when they're not they're not they're just it's just a ta they're they're getting it on both ends mm -hmm. double double charging you all right i gotta stop talking about this i'm just gonna be depressed the rest <laughs> of the day we're, we're gonna play D, D right after this and i'm gonna go in and my character's just gonna be nothing but sadness yeah <laughs> but that's just your character it's fairly different well i mean he's insane not not necessarily sad yeah. uh, but he did become sad there for a while yeah it's a second campaign. it's like <laughs> yeah. it's not post-apocalyptic it's like pre-lead into the apocalypse yeah of, of this world that we're, mm -hmm. we're playing in yeah it's uh, it, but i mean he started out happy <laughs> he definitely started out happy we all started out happy um anyways this has been season six episode 12 of the beer and broadband podcast it's slated to come out on september 25th 2023 um, hopefully you'll tune in next time where we talk about other things other than sad, terrible things. <laughs> I hope that's what happens. Uh, anyways, we'll catch you next time. Have a good one.